Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Joining me today, all friends of the pod, all from SAP Field Glass, Ryan Utech, Jim Manzullo, and Michael Basin. Gentlemen, hello and welcome. Hello. hello. So this time I'm actually going to throw in the titles for everybody. So Ryan and Jim are Agile coaches and Scrum Masters, and Michael is the Enterprise Systems Engineer. Now that I've said it, because you know, I ask them, they tell me, and I forget to, to mention it. So I mentioned it this time. All right, so we're continuing our conversation on their journey. So it's their Agile journey, and we're following up yesterday's episode with a couple questions about what got them going and how things are going for them. And so this next one is, what did you have to learn or unlearn along the path? I'm going to start this time with Ryan. Ryan, I had to had to learn to grow up uh, a little bit is some of the first things that I had to do because I was fresh out of college in 2009 and just started to some startup a few years after that and, and really thinking you know it all, right? So some of it is to learn to just know that you don't know everything and you got to learn new things going forward and you're always going to be constantly learning from here on out. Um, that was some big things. <sighs> I kind of lost my train of thought on this one a little bit. This one's a, a difficult one because it fits in with my how what I had to learn and unlearn in the last conversation. Um, yeah, the, the, <laughs> I've learned so much. Another thing is probably to stop talking uh, sometimes and just letting the awkward silence be, mm-hmm. um, learning from that and just having patience, right? Having patience with everybody because you can only go as fast as Herbie. Uh, I'm going to do this shameful plug of the goal uh, and the conversation around uh, Herbie there. And you can only go as fast as the slowest individual. So uh, you got to learn patience for that and to help that individual through. All right. See, I would put in awkward silence, but see dead air on a podcast doesn't really, really work that well. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, the silence one is, is a great example of what you have to learn, especially in this, in this, you know, in this, in this role, right. It's something that Michael Basil actually was coaching me on and still does. Uh, you know, like Ryan says, it, it does get awkward. I, I would say like be specific, like deadlines to me after really understanding them don't mean deadlines. Like the dates are, are flexible, even when they're not, if you know what I mean. And there's always this constraint. You always want to have a goal, right? You always want to have that target date, but working towards it in, in, in agile, you want, you discover things along the path that may or may not impact that original date. Right. And you have to be okay with letting those like for myself, right. I'm a very date orientated person. I will do my best to hit this target date. And I think it's probably a control thing to be honest with you. And it's something that I had to unlearn. Like, it's okay if I'm going to miss my date by a week, if I have a good enough reason and I can back that up with um, delivering the value that will be, you know, that I will bring because of the pushback, right? And that normally customers are okay with that if they understand genuinely why and the value that you're bringing. Um, But prior to that, I was always trying to hit those dates no matter what, whether the product was, you know, 100%. So, well, if you're transparent, right, to your point, if you're transparent, Either they're happy with it or they're not happy, but at least you're telling them what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mr. Basil. Sure. Uh, you know, something was, was mentioned about awkward silence, um, dynamic silence. I, I like the Chris Voss uh, framing. Um, 
of the term, I think is something we're, we're all learning. And why we're learning that is because we're unlearning how to, um, how to jump to a, a, a compromise so that to keep appearances up in the group. So uh, I'm a, you know, if we're doing shameless plugs, then mine would be for Chris Voss, never split the difference and understanding what negotiation isn't, is not compromise. It's about um, getting to, you know, value, you know, so the, the groups are winning in value and they're, they're, no one has to really lose. And, and um, although sometimes we do, and maybe that's okay, uh, but getting the, working through the conversation. So we're unlearning our natural reaction to just agree to be well-viewed. You know, we need to focus on, on our grounding and, um, you know, what, what value we're driving towards. So uh, learn and unlearn, I would say, is, is always around communication. It always centers around communication because this drives into mindset and our attitudes and beliefs that, that we're taking into these conversations that, have, that affect everything that we're doing. So, uh, it, you know, unlearning, another unlearning is, um, and learning and unlearning is where, where I'm tantruming, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like a child and, and where, you know, unlearn how to, what the default reactions are and, and <clears throat> different ways to communicate that, that can get people through conversations in a, in a way to, you know, to, to get that quality out and, and get people feeling good about what they're delivering. So they, they feel like their work matters. Awesome. So we've talked about learning and unlearning your own learning or unlearning can be a barrier in your own growth and in your own path. Ryan, I'm going to start with you. What was your greatest resistance or what's the greatest barrier you've run into in your agile path? Mine specifically is, well, the, <laughs> or just barriers that we run into as agile. Like it could be however, however you want to do that, right? Um, it's a giant wall. It separates our city into pieces. No, um, I, <laughs> it, they're the biggest issues that I've faced is capacity one, and I've talked about it in a few maybe episodes before, is capacity for those individuals that are going to go through this is to get the freedom and the ability to literally do this, right? Oh, you're going to get 20% of your time. You can go do agile scrum stuff. 80% of your time is doing everything else. It's like that, that that's not going to work. Like right. we need focus. That's the whole point of this process. And the whole point is to give people focus. And if you're splitting them more and more and more, it, you're going against the principles that we're trying mm. to drive here. So point. it's, it's one that I've had. And the other one, personally, my resistance is uh, something that I need to still get better at is too many spinning plates, right? Just like I say, focus for the teams and giving them capacity. I need to be focused as well. I can't have like 30 projects spinning at the same time. Uh, and that's something I need to balance as well. So, okay. Right on. Jimmy. I think, you know, one of the biggest resistances that I, I've seen since I've been on this journey is the doing versus being notion mm -hmm. that we talk about all the time. And I've heard it on this show quite often as well. And it's so frustrating because it's so true. Like you go through this journey and you know, there's, there's so much you learn. It depends what you want to put into it. You put, you take out what you put in. Right. And, right. but if you do it the right way, you do see how things can be better, especially around your own ecosystem. And 
it's so frustrating when folks kind of agree with you and they say, okay, let's do it. And then when you start to flip that pancake and want to be it, that's where the resistance comes in. Like, wait a minute, I'm not going to have hundred percent or 80% capacity from any of the team members on this. I'm only getting like 12% capacity. Well, you're still doing scrum, right? Um, no, I, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the, it's the resistance I see around me. I think that that is more frustrating than anything. Um, but it's slowly starting to get chiseled away. I think we here specifically at SAP see a bit of a uh, snowball going on. I think I, I see it. I feel it where change is in the wind and folks are getting it right. And you're starting to see folks push back and say, I want to be dedicated on this. So although I see the resistance now, I am hopeful that there will not be resistance there tomorrow. So yeah, that's, that's what I see right now. Okay. Basil. Yeah. Do I'll, I'll pick off on, on Jimmy's doing versus being, I, uh, the appearance of agile and scrum is not important. Okay. So, uh, that's not why we do ceremonies and, and events to say we did the ceremony and event. And so the scrum guy, I think, um, being a colleague of ours, right. Um, some of us know him mm-hmm. says we, when I talk about scrum, I'm talking about the scrum guide. It's very prescriptive and it's, it, it doesn't, it leaves huge white space in, in certain things. And it, it makes no comments in certain areas. Uh, but the relationships and the actors in the system and, and, you know, how they all link together and, and, and move and the, the purposes are, are there for a reason. Uh, and, when groups tend to, in my experience, there's been, you know, we're going to run squall. Okay. So we're going to compromise between waterfall and scrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we understand the purpose of how either of those systems are designed? No. Okay. So, you know, what do we care about? Well, we care about quality output. Okay. What's the priority? Well, we can't decide. Okay. Well, we're going to have to decide, right? So um, working through, so the way I approach it is, you know, kind of a, a coaching kata is, is kind of how I, I like to think of it. Like what's the target condition? What's the current state? And um, what I hear Ryan say it a lot, like what problem are we trying to solve? And trying to drive towards a shared understanding of a, of a shared problem. Um, and, you know, the, the less rhetoric uh, that is used, the less defensive uh, people get. Um, and um, we can get prescriptive. And what I've found is once people are disarmed and feeling okay, they, they can work through the conversation. And then sometimes they need help um, negotiating in their external influencers about, you know, what is keeping us from driving towards value instead of, well, we want to, we want to appear to run scrum. Like, well, that's pointless. Like we don't have to do that. Like, that doesn't provide any value for the organization right. to appear to do something right. um, and, unless it's actually, you know, being and delivering that that's the important, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the signal through the noise. Perfect. Well, gentlemen, anything else we want to talk about? We got some time. Anything that you thought of over the last two episodes where you're like, Oh yeah, should have brought that. I think uh, Jimmy had one earlier in this episode directly around talking about uh, getting the end, right? Knowing the due dates, hard due dates, right? Sure. I always like to, and since we're the Midwest area here, uh, based in the Chicagoland area, I always like to equate it to walking from Chicago to Milwaukee along Lake Michigan, 
right? You walk the coast. And if you go on your Google Maps and look up Milwaukee and Chicago, it's pretty much a straight line north-south, right, between the two places. But if you physically walk that beach, you'll know that there's bays and there's peninsulas and all sorts of stuff from here to Milwaukee that are going to get in your path. And you don't know it until your boots are on the ground. So that's the why due dates are less, more flexible in this method because you learn, right? As long as you're transparent about that, you're learning that, yeah, your path looks like it's straight. It looks like it's only a straight 150 mile shot. But if you physically walk it, it turns out to be 250 miles and you wonder why, right? So it's, yeah. it's so interesting what happened when we adopted Agile, um, at least in my, in, in my perspective, was my relationships changed with my, my, superior, my leaders, the, 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 the stakeholders and the things that I was delivering. I was no longer, it wasn't like, you know, you go do this and bring it back on this date. What happened when we adopted Agile and really when, when uh, Ryan and Mike came aboard and, and really were, were accentuating the notion of this is how we should be working, it turned into a negotiation rather than a dictation. Mm. Sure. And I think that goes with that due date. We're so entrenched in thinking that this is the due date. I will sacrifice value to hit this, this due date. Otherwise, I will get in trouble. And from being a manager here, that's the last thing I want to like instill on my, my team, Fear. like come yeah. to me. Yeah. Yep. Come to me. Tell me why it's going to be late. It's a negotiation. So yeah, that was something I had to unlearn for sure, you know, and learn at the same time, I guess. So that's perfect. It's a good place for us to end. Gentlemen, thank you for the time. Thank you for the conversation. Good times as always. Basil, you're coming back. I'm just, telling you now you're going to be back so thanks for being happy here. To, happy to thank you for having me and, and happy to have a conversation as always All maybe right. we should plug that one for the having a difficult conversation oh <laughs> well he's got to get ryan, the tattoo now ryan's already wanting to do other episodes it's like let's just start scheduling it now yeah let's just yeah. do them now we'll just right. come up yeah. with a question <laughs> on the fly let's do it <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. Well, that's the end of this iteration. I'm Brent. I'm Jim. And I'm Ryan. And Michael. Until the next iteration, you can give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider. Reach out to us at info at fasterthanastandup.com or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than a Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.